and welcome to the She Worth podcast, the ultimate podcast for anyone looking to improve their self-worth or learn the path to a happier, healthier life. Today's episode, we did an interview with Laura Brigette, co-founder of Three Ships Beauty, about her journey from failing a semester of university to starting her business to being diagnosed with a brain tumor in her mid-20s. I got goosebumps listening to this interview, and Laura shares so much wisdom and insight into her health journey and what it is taking to recover from that experience. I know you're going to love this episode as much as I do, so without further ado, here it is. Hi everyone, Uh, it's Lara Smith here, co-founder of SheWorth and founder of Lucime. We are thrilled to welcome Laura Burgett, who is the co-founder of one of the hottest skincare brands right now, Three Ships. Um, I'm a huge fan. I use the product. Um, I love the business model and and Laura, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 100% natural, absolutely proven scientifically to work and there isn't a single product under 40 us like that is such a compelling interesting um brand proposition and you're getting rewarded in the market big time there's some massive retailers picked you up and in a short time you're just a multi-million dollar brand so congratulations it's it's wonderfully exciting yeah it's been quite the journey and thank you so much for having me on today i'm very excited for our conversation Well, we're so thrilled, um, mostly because successful female entrepreneurs building wonderful brands isn't so newsworthy anymore. But what is especially interesting is your own personal journey of perseverance. And I I was gobsmacked when I heard it. Um, We've got some mutual friends in the business. And I think you are in a position to help so many, so many women struggling with you know, how am I going to, you know, transform my life, do something different, be brave, take on something. And and your struggle is just so inspiring. So would you be willing to share it with us today? Yeah, I would love to. So maybe I'll go back to a little bit of the beginning of the story of three ships and then how my health plays into the last year in particular. So I launched three ships around four years ago with my co-founder, Connie. Uh, We're both recent grads, super frustrated how expensive and misleading most natural skincare brands were. Like you're looking at $400 for a full routine, which we couldn't justify as recent grads. And once you did find a product that you could afford that claimed that they were natural, you flip it around and realize there's absolutely nothing natural about the actual ingredients. So a lot of greenwashing and uh, misleading marketing. So those were the two challenges that we set out to address started the brand um, outside of our nine to fives as a side hustle with just $4,000 and bootstrapped the business to a point where around two years ago, we were able to go full-time. So that's when things really started to take off for us. Um, We actually rebranded. So the initial brand that we launched with was called New Body. And just around eight months ago in July of last year, we rebranded to three ships. And that's when things really started to accelerate for us. Um, And at the same time, I was going through these major health challenges. So Uh, Back in November of 2019, so around two years ago, I was diagnosed, or a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Um, So I was 26 years old, had this brand new brand. It was just me and Connie working on it at the time. And I got dealt this like devastating blow of this like health diagnosis that you never think that you would ever have to deal with in your life, much less at the age of 26. Um, so around a year ago in March of last year, just a week before COVID happened in Canada and the whole country kind of halted and locked down, 
I went in for a brain surgery to remove as much of the tumor as possible. So it was a 10 hour operation done by an amazing team of surgeons and nurses here at Toronto Western um, in Ontario, Canada. And uh, they were able to remove 70% of the tumor, um, did some genetic testing and analysis on it. And it came back as a grade two um, astrocytoma, which is basically a type of brain tumor. There's 140 different types of tumors all ranging from like very, very benign, slow growing tumors up to really aggressive grade four glioblastomas, which are the ones that, you know, Senator John McCain had a glioblastoma, so, so, did, so did Bo Biden. Um, uh, so it's, that's probably the worst part of the disease. Um, so spent the first two months of COVID recovering from this major operation and just trying to figure out how I was gonna lead my life and the business going forward from there. So it was a very challenging and transformative year. How's your health, first of all, today? How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling well. Um, so I was having seizures before the surgery. That's what created the initial investigation. Um, and so I was having around a seizure a week before the operation, and I haven't had one in over a year since the surgery. So feeling good in that way. My tumor's been stable. So the tumor tissue that is left there is behaving. Um, so within brain cancers and brain tumors, there's no such thing as remission. So it's just about whether you're stable or not stable. So stable means that the tumor's not growing and mine hasn't grown in the over a year since the surgery. Um, I am taking some um, more like new age therapies. So I've been taking cannabis oil um, twice a day since September. So I think that that's what's led to the stability of the tumor. Um, and it's also actually shrunk um, since the last scan, which the doctors were puzzled by. They couldn't really explain it. So I attribute that to the cannabis oil. Um, and then uh, next month, I'm also going to be starting on a stage three clinical trial, which is really exciting. So it's a new form of immunotherapy medication, which would basically replace chemotherapy and radiation, which I definitely want to try to avoid those two treatment paths. Um, so just a very excited and I'm feeling great, like back to my normal self or even better than I was before the surgery. But the last year has been very challenging, both from a recovery standpoint, I had to relearn how to walk, had to relearn how to read time, how to read calendars. Um, my writing skills like plummeted after the surgery. I didn't really have any fine motor skills anymore. And there were some major risks. Like I had, um, a chance of being paralyzed after the surgery. I had a chance of you know, having a stroke while I was on the operating table and to have to sign away your rights ahead of the surgery towards any uh, adverse side effects. It, it was a very terrifying time. And I think after the operation and after things started to go back to normal and I started to get back into more regular routine, that's when the mental health challenges really kicked in because then you're faced with this daunting task of, okay, well, what does my like, life look like going forward? Having to face this new reality of having these major health concerns that are always kind of, no pun intended, but in the back of your head. And so uh, went through a really, really rough time last summer, mental health wise, was very fortunate that um, the hospital that I'm at here in, in Canada that I'm getting my therapy through or my treatment through also has therapy services for young cancer patients. So my therapist was incredible and that really helped me to get back on my feet mental health wise. And she was able to help me recover pretty quickly. Um, so I know both physical and mental health challenges and having a young business that just added more complexity as well. I can't even process, you know, the general population since COVID is struggling big time. Mm -hmm. um, I, as a business owner of a, and founder of a couple of businesses, just know the stresses in particular on women um, on trying to launch a business and layer on COVID and the most scary health crisis. I, I can't even imagine the dark days. Um, 
at SheWorth, one of our pillars is, uh, we call it a brave moment or brave moments. And it's, it's similar to an aha moment or a light bulb moment, but it implies more action in that we have the opportunity during tough times or just when we analyze our life with something that isn't working well for us to force a change. And oftentimes these brave moments can be transformative in nature if we can harness them to um, allow us to do something different that will have a different outcome in terms of improving our mental health or quality of life. So, you know, you describe the dark times of, you know, mental health, physical health, relearning just basic tasks. Oh, and launching a business. Can you look back on any brave moments you might've had and how, how you got through this time? Yeah, so I can think of two specific or maybe three specific brave moments. One of them would have been before the surgery after I got my diagnosis. Um, what people don't realize is that diagnosis is not only hard on the patient, it's also hard on their caretakers, their family and their friends. So I felt the like strong need to be very brave for them because I could tell that this was like tearing them apart. And just knowing that I was having that impact made me feel like I had to put on a brave face. So I think that that was actually really helpful for me as the patient, because it meant that I didn't feel like I was the only one being supported, that I was also able to support those that I love that were supporting me. So I didn't just feel like I was constantly being taken care of. So that was definitely a brave moment. It had its challenges. It's very hard to put on a brave face when all that you feel like doing, like you said, is curling up in a ball and crying. Um, I had around a week after my diagnosis, I took off of the business. Connie was incredible during this time and was able to fully pick up the slack just because I was honestly in shock. And I couldn't do much other than lie in bed for that week and just process everything. Um, at that same time as well, a few months after that, I found out that my then boyfriend was also cheating on me. So oh a brave gosh. moment came later that year um, when I finally ended the relationship because it wasn't serving me. It was creating so much stress and challenge within my life. And I think that that was leading to a lot of my mental health challenges that I was facing uh, like around a year ago was because of that relationship. So I, I, people talk about hitting rock bottom, but I definitely was in like the worst mental health state of my life at that point. And I just knew that I needed change and that that person wasn't serving me. And that all of these like really terrible things that he had done in the past just were holding me back from being the best person I could be. So brave moment was definitely ending that relationship, even despite being like having this major health crisis and feeling like my life was just falling apart and in shambles around me. Um, but I can say that I'm definitely a lot better for it now. I'm in a much healthier relationship with a guy who's incredible and very supportive. So yeah, things Unreal. good things happen when you put yourself in uncomfortable, difficult situations. Um, oh, here, here. Yeah, yeah. And then another brave moment definitely would have been just admitting when I needed help for mental health. Like I'm, I'm a firstborn, I'm an Aries. I'm like naturally a very strong person. I don't like showing weakness. I struggle with asking for help. But I did get to a point where I was like, okay, I need this. Um, and so having the bravery um, to be able to say, okay, yeah, I'm struggling. I need help from a professional. Um, I'd say was my third brave moment of the past year. Those are spectacular brave moments that everyone in your circle, my circle, the SheWorks circle, our business community can identify with because there's always something just holding us back. And when we can step up, be brave and go, no, I matter more than this. Mm -hmm. um you know anything toxic in your life a relationship that's not serving you and in the time that you were dealing with deciding to end it um kudos to you Laura that's 
but so inspiring and still when you layer on all the stuff that you were dealing with it's just um really really mind-blowing all that you went through so do you think having your business something so purposeful to wake up to every day do you think that could have helped you during those times oh it was the major thing that helped me and it was funny because during my recovery Connie was always like okay well like let me know if you want to step back or like not really be involved and I'm like no like this is the thing that's keeping me going because you have that creative outlet you have something that's able to distract you and that you know matters outside of you and the challenges that you're going through and it gives you hope Um, so the business was instrumental in me being able to recover and still maintain like a brave face and to persevere through everything and um Recently, we are actually announcing this coming month, our partnership with Make-A-Wish Foundation, where we're going to be donating a a portion of all of our profits to Make-A-Wish Canada, specifically to support young children, young adults with brain tumors and brain cancers. Because again, maintaining that hope during my journey, I learned that that was the most important thing. Like that helped me more than any like doctors or like pets or anything that could have helped in this case, which is having something to look forward to. And it's really sad because when you're a patient, you don't really have those moments because you're just so caught up in appointments and tests and recoveries and taking your medications and things like that. So um, we want to be able to give those moments of, of hope and, and excitement to those young children and their families. So that's why we've partnered with them. They're an incredible organization and a very, very well-run charity. Um, so something that we're proud to stand behind. Unreal. So on top of all of the good inside of your business to do this additional kind of social purpose, social impact work um, is even more purposeful. And it's going Mm -hmm. to, uh, you're in a position to help so many people. And I agree with you on the charity. Um, You know, cancers have taken a backseat to COVID, but it hasn't gone away. Right. And and I started Lucime based on my sister's story of getting breast cancer. And when you can do something to help people, that's a reason to jump out of bed every day. Oh, 100%. Right? And you're so right. Like every other health ailment has taken such a backseat to COVID, but people are still getting sick. Like I go into Princess Margaret, which is the cancer center, and it's packed. Like there's lots of people that are still having to get treatments. And it's been a very challenging time. Like I was very lucky with the timing of my surgery. If it had been scheduled two weeks later, it would have been canceled. And I probably still would not have had the operation. In Canada, we now have a wait list of a, a quarter of a million people long that are waiting for surgeries that are considered non-essential. And that includes mastectomies, that includes oh. brain cancer surgeries, includes a ton of different cancer um, treatments and therapies and surgeries, even organ replacements. So it's not just people being delayed for like their knee that's hurting. And I think that that's a misconception right now is that these people are still getting sick, they need our help. And it breaks my heart that some of the wish kids within Make-A-Wish probably won't live long enough to see their wishes being granted because of COVID and the impact that it's had on travel and being able to actually do things and make those memories. So it's, it's a challenging time. And with limitations for hospital visitation as well, like as a patient and you go in for these therapies, no one can come in with you. And those are very, very difficult moments. So it's, it's been challenging for anyone who's had to face any sort of major health obstacle or crisis in the last year, including COVID, but other things as well. You know, you just help put so much in perspective with everything that you're helping to shine a light on. You know, the poor people who, who can't travel to a beach vacation um, in Maui right now, there, it doesn't matter. There are serious life-threatening things and yeah. the greater population doesn't understand that 
mastectomies are essential surgeries, right? They I mean, are. These are, this is, this is totally a very essential. And it's sad that those sad. are getting canceled because then you're going to have like a wait list. And it's not like you can just like turn things back on and like, boom, everyone that was supposed to get their surgeries in the last year is suddenly able to have them. Like people will die as a consequence of COVID because they weren't able to get the surgeries that they desperately needed. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem. I understand the government's and their decisions to cancel non-essential surgeries. It's just sad to me that so many cancer treatments are considered non-essential because mine would have been like, I would still have this tumor fully inside of me. I'd still be having a seizure a week. Um, yeah, so it, it's heartbreaking. Oh my gosh. I am going to shift gears to something else that I learned about you, which is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I want to bring it up because a lot of women in the SheWorth community who are struggling the most is the age segment 15 to 25, mm -hmm. the mental health stats, the deterioration, um, anxiety, stressors around that age segment of young women, the pressures they put on themselves, the isolation they're experiencing, the external validation that they seek so desperately through social media on likes and follows and just, you know, all of their self-worth is wrapped up inside of that. Um, and you've been uh, vocal about your experience at a very stressful time when you were in university and mm -hmm. uh, what happened to you. Do you mind sharing that story? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty much in that age group. So I'm 28 right now. So um, not far out from that 15 to 25 year old age range that you mentioned. And I definitely vividly remember the stressors that I went through when I was in school or applying for universities. So I did my undergrad in chemical engineering at the University of Toronto, um, was a very gifted student, I guess, in high school. So didn't really have the best study habits because I was used to just like not studying for anything and getting 90s um, and basically just coasting. But once you go to university, especially in engineering, you have a packed schedule. It's like nine to six every single day. In second year chemeng, it was uh, particularly well known as being a really hard year because we had to take eight courses a semester versus most students take four to five. Um, and so every day of the week, there was some sort of assignment, something that you're being evaluated on, like either a quiz or like a lab report or like a problem set that was due. And so it was incredibly intense. And at that same time, that's when I was starting to discover my entrepreneurial like passions. So I was actually running two companies while I was taking this like full overloaded course load. And I frankly found the business side of things way more exciting and interesting. So that's why I found myself gravitating towards and my studies fell to a back burner. So I ended up failing actually a number of courses and had to repeat the year. I went into probation, which meant that my average was below 60%. And it was a huge shock to me because I just kind of was so used to just, you know, showing up and being able to figure things out during the test and logic my way through things. And this wasn't working anymore. So it was a real um, stressful time, probably the most stressful time that I had been through prior to this like health crisis or journey that I've been through over the last year. Um, I just remember feeling so dejected and low. A sense of my self-identity had also been removed because I was used to being like the smart kid in class and now it was like below average. Um, the University of Toronto also ranks their engineering students, which I hope that they'll stop. There's, it creates so many mental health problems. They literally tell you, oh, you're student X out of 150 in your class. And I just wow. don't see a purpose behind that. It creates, yeah. and mental health is a huge issue on campus. There's been a number of suicides at U of T. Uh, you can't really access services because there's long wait lines for therapy. So I, I totally relate to everything that um, other young audience members or viewers might be experiencing. 
uh, within the SheBirth community. So um, at that low point, after I'd failed those courses, I was kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to learn from this process. And I ended up coming back, repeating my courses and more than doubled a lot of my uh, like marks. Like I went from getting like a 42 in differential equations to getting 100% on my final exam. And I learned that were not defined by the numbers. Anyone in my class was capable of being that top student. Again, I went from the bottom 10% to the top 10 in my class. And I hadn't changed. It's just my emphasis and what I chose to focus on had changed. So that was a real um, like light bulb moment for me to learn that we can achieve the outcomes that we want if we just put in the consistent work and effort and that we don't need to bucket ourselves according to what this external group is telling us that we deserve to fit in. And a lot of students will just be like, oh, I guess I'm just like a C student or I guess I'm just a B student. I don't believe in that anymore. I used to think that way, but it's not correct. Like we are capable of more. It's just about what you choose to focus on. It's so true, right? And I. I do a lot of um, either mentoring young, young entrepreneurs and everyone's kind of got the next great idea of something they want to do, but there is no shortcut to hard work in the end, no. right? Like you just have to, and that's why it would be wonderful to be so passionate about something and have such a purposeful work because you do jump out of bed ready to attack the day and put in the work that's required. But we also say something at SheWorth um, when people are women in particular either have an imposter syndrome that they can't take something on or they can't do something or they can't be top 10 in the class. Why not me? If others can do it, what are they doing that's so foundationally different than what I'm capable of? And when you adopt that mindset as women, we can, we can do anything. And that's why, you know, your story of, you know, the, the, what happened to you in university and then your, brain tumor in COVID launch or growing your business for you to come out the other side and these lessons of making sure that you're open to accepting help, which is hard for us type A's, right? Yeah. I can do oh, it all. So Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. Don't need your help. I'm a, I'm a superwoman. But when you're vulnerable and say, Hey, I actually could use the help. Mm-hmm. that is really loving yourself enough to accept, to feel worthy of the help. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, yeah. And I would add to that as well, this idea of passion, I think can be very intimidating and misleading for young people. Like so often um, other aspiring entrepreneurs will come up to me and be like, oh, well, like I really want to start a business. I just don't know what I'm passionate about, or I just don't have an idea that I'm passionate enough about. And like, I would remind people that passion comes after you do the work. No one is born passionate about skincare or about anything. It comes by doing the work and becoming an expert. So instead of thinking, what am I passionate about? Because again, you probably don't know what that thing is because it's impossible to know until you've actually done it and tried and become an expert. Instead, ask yourself, what am I curious about? What's a problem that I'm experiencing that I think I can solve or that I'm really curious to find a solution for? Or that what's something that I think can be done better? And instead, when you're initially getting started with your ideas, pursue your curiosities. What are you doing in your free time? What do you find yourself researching and learning about and looking into just organically? And as you put in the work and learn more and more and more about that space, your passion will come. Like I was not passionate about skincare when we first got started. I was interested in it. I thought there was a lot of um, tactics that I did not like as a consumer. And I was like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. But I wouldn't say that skincare was my passion. But it's become my passion because I've worked at it and I've learned so much about it that now I'm super passionate about skincare and beauty in a way that I wasn't before. Um, 
so I would just remind people to not think that you have to be like a diehard passionate person about this thing. If you've found your passion, that's incredible. But most people I'd say aren't in that space um, when they first start their companies. And that's totally fine. What brilliant advice on top of the perseverance. If every business grad, the outcome of business school, they come out with that. I would say that's, you know, number one in terms of making a business successful Mm -hmm. there is no shortcut to, to hard work and doing the research and yeah. it's just an amazing advice Laura thank you um what how do you define success now okay so this is going to kind of sound kind of morbid um <laughs> but to me success now would be leading a life that I could die tomorrow and have no regrets um there is this stat that like most people when they're on their deathbed they regret things and that is just the most terrifying thing for me I, so I really optimize my life to minimize the regret that I might feel down the road. And whether that's day, that day comes a week from now, 10 years from now, or 50 years from now, I just want to make sure that I don't regret anything. So having conversations that really matter with people and being open with them, like and speaking my true heart and mind, um, taking the risks and challenges, uh, like for sure, this, this health journey would have been way harder for me if I hadn't started three ships, because I would have always wondered, okay, what if? kind of idea and oh, that's yeah. just such an uncomfortable thing to live with so that's how I would define success and Steve Jobs did uh, a commencement speech at Stanford I think from back in 2004 and it's my favorite video it's my favorite inspirational um, message and I think everyone should watch that so just search Steve right. Jobs Stanford commencement speech okay. it's incredible. It talks about his perspective on death and success and like living a good life um, and like, I really admire his approach and how he talks through things within that speech. That's unreal. You know, so many women who have skills and capabilities beyond what they even think of, of themselves. But if you think way off in the future and women are fantasizing about starting their cupcake business or starting an online, online antique shop or whatever it is, and they're stewing on that. If you go to the very end, the last page of our book and go, oh man, wouldn't I regret not trying that at some stage? Like the what ifs, right? The it's what ifs, yeah. So That's truly what guides my life of like, I want to like not have any regrets because that is probably the most terrifying thing to me. That if I end up like your day has come and you're like, I should have done this or I wish I had said this to this person or I wish that I had made this different decision or I wish I just called this person and told them how I actually felt like those are things you can't really take back um so I I prioritize like those sorts of like really honest moments with myself and with people around me prioritizing time with family I think is so important because those are the things that people usually end up regretting you know I get the benefit of seeing you today but our listeners aren't able to appreciate the serene calm almost like spiritual sense of your being and you know I'm going to start using more three ships products if that's how you can look but you've got this presence about you Laura and it is just it almost is emotional and brings tears to, tears to my eyes because I just you just described the what ifs you actually live that in your life mm -hmm. right and yeah. many people don't have that experience to draw to draw from but if you actually felt you know this could be the end you actually have that capacity to live that way. And mm -hmm. it's kind of the making the lemonade out of lemons, which you've done totally. such a yeah. great job of. And understanding that life is fleeting. Like I never thought that something like this would happen to me. Like this happens to other people. It doesn't right. happen to you. 
but we're none of us are above these sorts of challenges. Anything can happen to any of us at any time. And I find that very motivating now. So I think that to have the finality of life being a motivator and like the true, like, like it's the ultimate leveling the playing field, right? Um, so I think that that's like definitely has helped me to lead my life in a way that I define as successful and as happy and that I wouldn't be able to look back on anything and be like, oh, I regret doing or not doing this. Incredible. So on the theme of that, um, what do you think your older self would want to advise your, your younger self? If you could go back and tell your 20-year-old self or your 15-year-old self or even a few years ago, what advice would you give younger Laura? Well, younger Laura was very, very shy. So I would probably tell her, like, don't worry so much about what other people are thinking. Like, they're not actually thinking about you that much. Most people are thinking about their own problems and how they look. They're not thinking about how you come across. So that would definitely be my number one piece of advice of just like, don't do self comparisons. Don't follow people on Instagram that you find that like you come across a post and immediately makes you feel like garbage. Unfollow those people, remove those people from your life. And also like, don't take yourself so seriously. Like you're really not that important. We're just these little like specks of humans on this like big ball. But at the same time, like your consciousness and your existence is all that matters. And it's also doesn't matter at all. So like that duality of consciousness, I think is really um, grounding. And I would just tell my younger self to like relax a little, don't compare, um, remove the things that cause you stress from your life. Don't compare. That's so great so insightful I just get so sad seeing young women who want to emulate the Kardashians and they're not successful mm -hmm. unless they adopt that whole look and it costs so much money and young women who are changing their faces and obsessed with Instagram it's just it's way too much pressure and oh. it, it doesn't add add quality or value to your life so that's incredible feedback and advice um you know, SheWorth is very much about evidence-based resources and someone who's actually lived the life and can go back and, you know, have these nuggets of wisdom that we can practically, I can now take words of wisdom from someone almost half my age and I can go live differently now based on what you've shared with me and us in our community today. So I'm so grateful, um, loved our chat. I'm, I'm just uh, oozing with inspiration after talking to you and um, on top of your amazing words of wisdom, our um, community gets the benefit of enjoying a very special SheWorth discount to try three ships. And you guys have to, no joke. I am addicted to the lip scrub every day. I think my son might have even stole it. Uh, you guys will be so impressed. It, it is a, a very special brand, which is why you guys are so successful. So thank you for that. And thank you for your time, Laura. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. It was so nice chatting with you today. Thank you for having me. Wow, Laura is such an inspiration. And she gave all of her listeners an exclusive promo code to shop 3shipsbeauty.com. So when you check out with your order, make sure to enter the code SHEWORTH20. That's SHEWORTH20 for 20% off your order. It'll be in the show notes in case you forget. And if you like this episode, please tune in next week, tell a friend about us, or leave us a review. It'll help us a lot. And if you had any really great takeaways from this episode, please DM us on Instagram at sheworth underscore women. We would love to hear from you.